golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going before the drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on FM 96.9 The Game. You're listening to the Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, along with my very special guest caddy this evening, Mr. Mike Jameson from the International Network of Golf and proud head coach of the Lake Mary Prep Griffins, our state Junior girls, not junior girls, high school girls champions. Well done, Michael. <laughs> Woo! Congratulations, well, my friend. Thank you, Holly. It's uh, great to be here, and it was wonderful to watch those girls play golf. They, they were amazing down the stretch. They really were. Well, you said that... Um, you know they they were sort of the a little bit of the underdogs going in, right? Yeah, we were we were second to the first academy Orlando most of the season. We beat them once, they beat us once. They beat us in the regional, but our girls were geared up for the state and uh we were paired with them for two rounds and uh it was nick nip and tuck and with four holes to go, we were a couple of stro- uh, strokes behind. And then our five girls played the last four holes at Mission Inn, seven under par. Wow. In the pressure-packed situation. On the old course. Uh, now, this one was on uh, the Las Colinas course okay, that Ron Garley did. But yeah. still, great golf course. And they just caught fire when the pressure was greatest. And couldn't have, couldn't have been more proud of them because they beat a really strong team. Yeah, it, and and they play. Uh, you were saying they play metal, correct? Metal is stroke play, yeah. And we were paired uh, with our five girls. Were paired with their five girls. So it was it was a two team race most of the way, anyway. So it came down to those last couple of crucial holes, and our girls rose to the occasion. And um, it's funny, we had won the state in 2014, 15, and sixteen, and then First Academy won the state in seventeen and eighteen. So we got it back this year. Well, congratulations, kudos, and uh, way to go, coach. Well <laughs> done. Speaking of well done uh, <laughs> and running out of daylight, Terrell Hatton, the Englishman, won the Turkish Airlines Open, the European Tour event, on Sunday under the lights, Mike Jameson. Uh, I don't know. I I. I tuned in it was like i felt i was watching disney golf i was gonna say putt-putt we played putt-putt under the lights but i've never played real golf under the lights uh, it was have we am- had a, P- a, a, a a tour event under the lights before I, I think in the old days they would bring cars out and shine the the headlights on the the last green if they needed to but uh 
I don't know. It seems like they finished in the dark at uh, Firestone one year, and they had some sort of artificial light, maybe. But uh, well, and it came close in the PGA Championship that that uh, Rory won. That's true. Remember, yeah. I mean, they were literally opening up the lenses on the cameras. I actually, let him hit up in uh, into the group on the green just to get him through. Um, but yeah, this was. I guess this course has lights for resort play, so they were prepared to do that, and it. Um, Interesting the timing because there were six players in a playoff, three of them were eliminated, and then they turned the lights on to get the final three through. Well, we've got to check in with one of our favorite golf insiders to get his opinion on uh, this very interesting playoff at the Turkish Airlines Open. Bob Herrick from ESPN.com joins us. Hello, Bob. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. Yeah, what well, what was your take on uh, how that all ended? And and they're you know sort of going to the lights in the middle of the playoff. You know what? I think there should be a few more events that do that. I, I don't think we'd want that in a major, but um, you know why why not have uh, have some lights on the finishing holes or at least on any finishing hole and let let the let the golf creep a little bit later. Um, you know, it's something different and. Uh, I'm not saying it would be easy, and I'm not saying it's necessarily fair. Uh, but uh, you know, if the players sign off on it, um, you know, I, I think there could be something to that. Uh, um, and uh, you know, it allows for um, it, it allows for a little bit of flexibility and ingenuity to make things a little bit more interesting. Well, we know the last thing the tours ever want to do is carry over to a Monday for a lot of the obvious reasons, television, and, you know, the spectators that come out to, you know, want to see the, the finish. Uh, and then, you know, you've got players that are getting chartered airlines to go to next events, especially at this time of the year over uh, in that uh, part of the world. Yeah, you know, the um, the thing is on the European tour, uh, you know, their, their, their ending events, uh, you know, to wrap up their, their season are, are, well, China and then, and then, um, uh, Turkey. Now this week, South Africa and then Dubai. I mean, it's not like these places are next door to each other. Right. <laughs> and if you, if you're going to go from one to the other, um, and you certainly, you know, the last three events are there, are their so-called, you know, their playoff events, essentially Turkey, South Africa this week, the Med Bank and the next week, Dubai. I mean, that is some hellacious travel and to not get it done on Sunday could be, um, you know, that, that, that's a problem. I mean, frankly, it was an issue in Japan with, you know, when Tiger went to Monday, um, you know, as it turned out, they only played six or seven holes on Monday, but. It was disruptive, even for getting to China. Some people had, you know, plans that were set and were, uh, you know, hard to break. And uh, you know, it's just it's a it's a tough situation. And uh, you know, in some ways, I'm surprised they didn't just go to 54 holes. But of course, we know they hate to do that as well. Yeah. And speaking of, you know, the event in in Japan, watching that on Monday, um, you know, when you compare the the fans that had been there, you know, all week and weekend, um, you know, to then have it a little bit anticlimactically finish on Monday, given, you know, the historic nature of the win, you know, I, it definitely, you know, bodes for the other. Absolutely. I mean, uh, and, and, you know, they couldn't know for sure how that was going to, how that was going to transpire. But, you know, when you look back on it, the way that, the way that went down was, 
they they basically had a shotgun start on Monday morning uh, with with players all over the course, and everybody is going to be starting at the same time. And they realized that if you had 20,000 people all showing up at the same time, it was going to be a nightmare. And that's why they went to that limited crowd. There was only a few thousand people there. And that's unfortunate, you know. I mean, so, you know, wouldn't it have been better if they figured out a way to just say, okay, Sunday is the final round? You know, I mean, everybody would have known going in it was the final round. It's not ideal, but, um, you know, I... I, I don't. I don't understand why. You know, sometimes why fifty-four holes just isn't the answer. Um, it's. It's. Uh, you know, the, the, actually, the tour's regulations allow for fifty-four holes, but it has to be. You know, that they tried. You know, to play on Monday, uh, and, and Tuesday even if if need be, uh, and, and a thirty-six hole tournament's unofficial. But you know, in those circumstances, I don't. I don't think anybody would have had a problem with it. But, you know, I guess uh, when you look at it now in Tiger's case, it's nice that he got his 82nd in a 72-hole tournament. There's no asterisk. You know, there's no wondering. It, it, all the holes were played. Uh, but uh, to your point, uh, it's it unfortunate. Uh, you know, the, it, the, it, ended, it ended in the morning. You know, there weren't as many people there. Uh, it's not really what you'd want if you could help it. Yeah, um, completely agree. So, um, you know, in other news, we are getting closer and closer to the President's Cup. Seemed like in August we were going, wow, it's going to be a long way to December. Uh, I'm curious, a lot of, uh, I guess Patrick Reed spoke to the media, uh, what was it, on uh, Monday or maybe yesterday? And, of course, the questions coming up about what happened uh, at the Ryder Cup and, you know, what's what's your take on that? Do you think they had this big mea culpa afterwards, as he was saying? Uh, did some kind of, uh, you know, download after the Ryder Cup? Cleansing. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure to what extent they did, um, but that has been said before. I mean, Patrick actually, you know, I remember when he was paired with Spieth way back at Torrey Pines, you know, said that the air had been cleared and, and uh, I have a sense that Tiger had a talk with him soon after the Ryder Cup. And, you know, uh, I know there was a lot of people who thought Tiger shouldn't pick him because of that. Uh, but I, I think he actually did the right thing because, first of all, you know, it's not like Patrick wasn't worthy of a pick. I mean, Agreed. If, you, if you finish in the top 12, um, there's, it, it, I'm not saying you deserve it, but you're certainly worthy. You know, it's not like he was 15th or 18th or 20th. He was one of the top 12, and there's 12 guys that they take. And if Tiger hadn't picked him, then this thing lingers for a lot longer. Oh, yeah. This is going to be a storyline. Also, it's going to be a storyline at the President's Cup with him not there. True. It's going to be a storyline the next time he plays. It's a storyline the next Ryder Cup. You know, whether he makes the team or not. Now, now he's sort of nipped that, and. I think, you know, you, you, the way you have to look at it is, is uh, uh, I think Patrick's played on five teams, you know, starting in 14. He was really good in four of them. You know, he was exceptionally good at Glen Eagles and, and, at, and, at, uh, and at Hazeltine and those Ryder Cups. He was pretty good at the President's Cup at uh, Liberty National. He was a so-so in, in Korea. Uh, but I mean, really, four of the five, he's been pretty good. And he had a bad Ryder Cup last year. They all did. Uh, you know, he's typically a guy you're going to want on your side. And for Tiger to snub him, uh, I think, and especially since, you know, Patrick did win a tournament. Um, you know, yeah, he won the Northern Trust. 
Right. You know, not every, you know, the only guys really in contention who won a tournament, uh, were Tiger and, and, uh, uh, Patrick and then, and Kevin Na. Yeah. You can't I, keep Patrick Reed off of this team. You just, you look back at his recent history, you've got to put him on. I don't think there was any choice. And, and if you're looking to build towards the future and next year's Ryder Cup, I don't think you want to be having that as an issue anymore. No. I think you want to have, you know, you want to, you know that that's a guy you want to be informed and you want to be there. And, you know, I mean, the other guys, you took Tony Finau, you know, he was ninth in the points, but Tony Finau is not one, you know, but he had a pretty good Ryder Cup. That's, is that a guy you want to kind of build around and give him experience because he was, he was decent in France last year? I mean, it's, it's really hard to, to quibble with those picks. I mean, I feel bad for Kevin Kisner. He had a, he had a pretty good uh, President's Cup in his only appearance. He, he won the match play this year, and he, was, he lost in the finals the year before, so he's been a good match play player. But yet he wasn't able to do better than whatever, what, 15th in the points. So, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, Tiger pretty much went shocked. I mean, the only one he, in, the, in the top uh, you know, Tiger was 13th, Ricky Fowler was 12th, and Fowler hasn't been playing. So, um, you know, it's uh, uh, he, he he didn't really deviate too much from, from what was laid out in front of him. You know, Bob, I think, too, Tiger uh, probably appreciates that fire-burning competitiveness in Patrick Reed, which I love about Patrick Reed. And, yes, I think in the heat of the moment, and we know how intense it is, you know, during the Ryder Cup. Uh, you know, a bunch of emotions spilled out afterwards, uh, just as it occurred with Phil uh, after, um, you know, the the debacle there uh, with Watson. And you know, hey, the guy said some things, and I think, you know, uh, I think Tigers can see above that. You know, the interesting thing about that is. is- well, first of all, almost to a man, everybody has said that it shouldn't have been a surprise to him that he wasn't grouped with Spieth, uh, which was his main complaint. Um, like, like this, these things have been discussed. At least other players have said that, and you know maybe Patrick missed it or whatever. But the fact that he wasn't paired with Spieth and they had had such a good good partnership is 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 a worthy point of discussion. You know, I mean, they had been very, very good together at Hazeltine and at and at uh, and at Glen Eagles. Uh, they they had a, they had a good partnership. They had a very good record, even in the Presidents Cup. And you know, in in hindsight, when you lose, that's going to be debated. Why was that broken up? Well, Steve wanted to play with Justin Thomas, and they went three and one. Good point. But can you imagine if you'd have put Justin Thomas with Tiger? I mean, you know, maybe. That works out better, yeah. And I, you know, like I think Tiger should play with somebody who's a horse who's better than him, or you know, who's considered better than him. He shouldn't be playing with a Patrick Reed or a DeChambeau who 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 they're looking up to him in, in terms of guidance. You know, Justin Thomas makes a lot of birdies, and that would be a great partner for Tiger. Tiger shouldn't be the one; they, they shouldn't be relying on Tiger. And I think that hurts Tiger at the Ryder Cup. You know, to have, and Reed, you know, Reed was playing poorly. So I mean, in retrospect, when you get beat, especially as badly as they did, it's a fair uh, it's a fair question. Of course, for him to air it out the way he did didn't go over very well, especially since almost everybody involved, 
you know, seem to think he, he should have known better going in. Yeah, I completely agree, Bob. And, uh, hey, we're now uh, almost uh, coming around the corner here for the President's Cup, which is going to be really exciting as we head down under. Uh, we got to run. We've got a short show tonight. Thank you, Bob. As you. always, the Golf Insiders. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he shanked that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness, got the struggler's blues. We're back, the Golf Insiders in the house, Holly G, along with my very special guest caddy this evening, Mr. Michael Jameson, Executive Director of the International Network of Golf, and the proud head coach. The Lake oh. Mary Prep Griffins, our state champions. <laughs> Love my girls. Love my girls. Fantastic. Yeah. Congratulations. Thanks. And, you know, we were at Mission Inn, as you know. Yes. Uh, right up the road. And great shape. It's in wonderful condition. Um, still a great place to go. To. Speaking of Central Florida golf, Mike J., we have our Golf Insiders Central Florida golf card. Woohoo! Over. Over 12 courses, which you can play. Each card holder gets one 18-hole round with card at each of the participating courses. $99 for this card. Get out. Like over a, almost a $600 value. Wow. And it's good all the way through next year. So, hey, you need some stocking stuffers? I know you're a last-minute shopper. I am. I wait till Christmas Eve. This is it. Because it's good until May 2020. May 31st, 2020. You can play in the season? You can play in the season. We don't mess around here with our swag at the Golf Insiders. So go check it out. The Central Florida Golf Card. Go to centralfloridagolfcard.com and for $99 buy this great card and uh, maybe for a friend maybe for your, treat your whole foursome. Why not? Absolutely. And play some of the best courses in Central Florida. Um, pretty exciting in the Champions Tour this weekend. Wow. We're still talking a lot of golf here. Next week, it's the CME, the race of the CME, the LPGA's finale in Naples. But um, kind of a changing of the guard with the finale of the Schwab Cup. Well, you know, Retief Goosen, in his first year of eligibility, came within one inch of winning the first Schwab Cup. Uh, he he ended up in a playoff. Had he won the playoff against Jeff Maggard, he would have won the overall season. But watching nervously from the grill room at the club was uh, Scott McCarron, who was sitting on the number one spot. And uh, since Jeff hold it from 123 yards for Jeff an Maggard. eagle. Yeah, Jeff Maggard. Uh, How about that for what a way shot to finish? In the tournament. And that gave the cup to uh, Scott McCarran. Well, we know it's been the germinator for uh, quite a while out there on the Champions Tour. Um, Bernhard Langer. Yes. Who was in the mix and, and had a shot, a little bit of a long shot. But, um, yeah, just a terrific, terrific and to uh, this year's Champions Tour. It, it really was. And, you know, McCarron had an okay 
PGA Tour career. You know, nothing nothing great, but okay. He has been outstanding as a senior. Yeah, he, he has. It's been, you know, new light yes. on, on his career. And we've seen that happen for, you know, a few guys out sure. there. Um, Billy Mayfair is one of them. Absolutely. And um, another guy, you were I mean, you were saying, Retief just entered the golf hall of fame which you were out there in pebble beach to yes. witness and you know maybe that sparked a little mojo for retief to really get things fired up this year on the champions tour i think it did he was genuinely moved by that honor but he has also overcome some health issues and is back to fully healthy and i think it showed in his game this year he's a player yeah <laughs> He has been for a long time. Well, and it's only going to keep getting better and better as these guys are turning 50. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, speaking of getting better, John Daly going to be having some knee surgery. Oh, Boy, a lot of knee surgeries going on on the tour right now. Wow. And Brooks Kepka, we still don't know the status of Brooks in terms of the President's Cup. Uh Tiger is going to wait right up to the final moment, which is December 7th, to make a pick if he has to. In the uh, barrel of players <laughs> left on the radar, where would, you, where would you dip here, Mike Jameson? I think by then... A wild card pick, potentially. I think by then, Ricky Fowler will be back to full health, and... I think that's where I would go, but, you know, we talked about it earlier. There's one other well, guy out there. Or coming <laughs> down off of his honeymoon. <laughs> Literally his honeymoon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Ricky hasn't played a lot of golf since August. No, but, boy, he, does he get ready for uh, match play and, and key moments. So he would be a pick. You, you know, take I, him over Kevin Kisner, though? Well, I mean, Kisner earned a it. bulldog. Well, Kisner earned it in, by winning the match play this year, but um, Fowler finished ahead of him in points, I think. So, I don't know. You know I read something today about about Phil the Man. Maybe Phil Gary the Man. Gary Van Sickle, he's yeah. been on the bandwagon. Yeah. Uh, let's, you know, create some, some excitement by having Phil and Tiger yeah. teeing it up. Pump a little electricity into that. I mean, would that draw some TV viewers, you know? They might need it, actually. Um, that wouldn't be bad. I mean, yeah, there there's several angles there. Uh, but well, the tour was off last week, and they are in Mayacoba, Mexico. Um, Matt Kuchar, the defending <laughs> champion, yes. which I think was that when yes. all the caddy yes. stuff started. Yes, oh, he, Matt. He, he, he burst open his piggy bank and paid his caddy, I think, five grand instead of the 50 that he thought he was going to get. What was he thinking? I don't know. He paid for that for many, many You and many I months. are both in the BR business. <laughs> That's not a good oh, thing. Oh, look at how much. You're such a nice guy. You didn't need to do that. He is. He is. Um, I think he made amends later uh, after a few weeks. So. Yeah, that might have cost him more than the original <laughs> 50. I don't know. I'd, I'd be asking for it anyway. But, I think uh, he's going to win again this week, though. I do. So we'll see how much he pays his caddy. Well, there's some out. interesting guys in the field. Um, I'm Victor Hovland. We might see, we might see him tee it up and win. Um, you know, he's going to break through in his... Uh, 
PGA Tour debut. Tony Fino is in the uh, mm-hmm. field. Um, it's uh, going to be, I think, a, a good tournament down there in Mexico. And then next week we uh, head to Naples for the CME, Mike J. Exciting finish to a, a really fine LPGA season. So who are you going to go with this week? We got I'm 10 going seconds. with Matt Kuchar. Ooh, all right. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm going with Tony Fino, the Golf Insiders. We gotta run. We got a tea time. We're out of here. Bye bye.